Hello, listeners. Mandy here. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. It will only take a couple of minutes and will really help us out. You can go to worthy.com forward slash survey and you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We've extended the deadline for responses to November 30th, 2023. Thank you so much. And now on to the episode. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about seeing divorce as the opportunity you never wanted. What do I mean by that? Well, for each of us, when we experience divorce, there's always some learning about ourselves. It could be skills such as communication, financial literacy, running a household, parenting, or it could be about your own choices, why we chose the partner we did, roles, expectations we're carrying forward from our family of origin that really aren't serving us any longer. But for many of us, we weren't proactively thinking about these growth opportunities. And certainly no one ever says, I want to go through the heartbreak so I can learn to communicate more directly. Often these realizations come with hindsight and with time. And the big question is, how do you get yourself into a mindset of learning from the heartbreak? When is the right time to do this? And is there a wrong time to try and do this? Well, my guest today is Alex Boisgenou. And Alex is a dedicated and gifted therapist with over 30 years of study and practice. Alex is trained in EMDR, which he uses to help people process and resolve trauma. He uses an integrative approach to therapy with an emphasis on psycho-spiritual growth grounded in somatic therapy. Alex, welcome. Thank you so much. Looking forward to this. I am so glad to have you on to talk about this because really, yeah, divorce is a a growth opportunity. Whoever thought of that? (laughs) Right, right. Yes. What does it take to see the end of your marriage as an opportunity? Why don't we we step out and make a bigger view of things before that is clear to us? Yeah. Let's go through a long of you of human history and human relationship going back as far as we could imagine right okay so i'm thinking notion, romans and egyptians i'm i'm looking back, oh, you're going back even further going, than that. i'm going back uh, into evolutionary psychology even okay even before that we're talking okay. about thousands, thousands of years before that so back so to look, the look, cradle of man in africa the cradle, of, cradle of human beings right and yeah. so 
divorce is localized within a legal system, a uh, political, religious, social structure. Divorce wasn't always a thing. I mean, divorce wasn't around three, four thousand, five thousand years ago. There were no such name for for human beings, and marriage wasn't a thing actually for a really, really long, long time. So, marriage and divorce are structures that came along later on in, in, in the process of being human. People would, would get together and there'd be ceremonies, obviously, right? But if we look back, when did the ceremony begin? It's very hard to tell when people got together before the religious or social structure called marriage or divorce. Therefore, we have, we have to see that marriage and divorce um, have changed for thousands of years. Right. right. So when we think divorce, we have it localized in a very modern, modern structure, very laden with a lot of philosophical, spiritual, religious overtones and projections and assumptions. I would like to actually really drop all of those. Okay. And I would like to look at human beings and relationships as a whole and relationships come and go. Right. Relationships come and go throughout all of our lives. I've heard another phrase like, you know, every relationship has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Everything, all, all of them, even, even if we've remained with one person and then we died. So the, 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 the notion within, I think, modern human beings, and, and you know, um, Esther Perel really talked about this a lot too, which I love. She goes, how is it that we take one human being and we overlay them to be the one person for the rest of our lives to meet every single one of our goals, get along, match up perfectly at all the ter- uh, twists and turns of life. It's ridiculous. It just, it just, it's an illusion. I'm sorry to pop that bubble. <laughs> is, is, is the point of existence to be with one person? It's very hard to narrow life down. We would like to imagine that we would like to be with one person, but why? Why do we? Why do we imagine that so much? Well, th- there is this whole societal expectation that marriage is until then, and I, then I understand that. we we get locked in. Then I think Correct. I've often talked to people that then that becomes a, an endurance test. It's an intu- that, that's correct, and it's but not wanna... necessarily about support and love and no. Fulfillment. It's not. not. And so let's go back to, again, hundreds and thousands of years. Our average lifespan was much shorter at some point, 25, 30 years, maybe, maybe even shorter. There was no such such thing as, you know, uh, we're going to live together for 50 years, right? 50. 60th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Right. 60th wedding. No, it was maybe you got married when you were. You got together when you were 13, you had several babies by the time you were 20, and you died when you were 30 years old, right? right? So at that point, maybe one person, maybe at, within that. So then as time has gone and we've, we, we live longer, that means we evolve more. We change more. You know, if we, any, any one of us who are in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and let they go on, we go, how much change has happened in my life, in my 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s, in my 50s, in my 60s? So much transformation of how I see myself, 
and how I see the world so much. And then we are hoping that this one person is going to come along for that journey with us, exactly shifting and changing to keep us together. And so I want to reframe all of it, to be honest with you. And that's okay. the framework. The framework is, is what relationship, what form of relationship is important to us to help us understand who we are and help us come back to our own wholeness. So if I was experiencing divorce and came to you and said, you know, I'm devastated by this. Sure. What you're saying is that you have to have this dialogue with me to explore why why am I devastated? It's normal that it's normal that you're going to be devastated because you'd be devastated about the loss of almost like even the people who we don't marry. We could also say that it was painful, right? Yes. So let's not, you know, are there some relationships that we say it wasn't painful? Maybe some were easier to say it wasn't as painful, right? But if we look at all of our relationships, there's a natural sadness at the end of any relationship, right? Right. So sadness, the, the ending, the ending and sadness are normal. Right. So I don't, I don't need to argue or battle or help do anything. I just could say, Hey, you know, the, the, the relationship is going to, there are people who stay together 20, 20 years and then they leave and they have no sadness in leaving. So let's be very careful. There are people who are very glad to leave and are very joyous to actually exit. <laughs> so let, let's not name name that it's always devastating and sad. So, but you're asking me specifically in the people who experience a sadness, then I would say to them, normal, healthy, it's all good. And then begin the exploration process. Then begin, at, you know, in the waves of that sadness, it's going to be, what happened? What happened to you? Who are you? What did you learn about this relationship? What did you learn about yourself? And invariably... So many aha, so much growth happened. And I just want to jump back because I, I will say I, having mixed feelings about ending the relationship is good. You could be glad about some things and sad about other things. Because I think we do fall into this trap of the either or, and that's no, 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 the no, reality it's a, is it's, it's okay to have completely mixed emotions. Oh, perfectly said. And so for me, it's not about which emotion you are actually having at the end of it. I'm much more interested in that every single relationship is a mirror of who you are, what you believe, where you feel trapped, where you suffer, where you can become free, all within yourself. All relationships are mirrors. Therefore, the divorce for me is not something different than another mirror, which may be, and by the way, let me tell you, there are people who've been divorced for a year and then they're devastated for 10, and there are people who divorce that the 10 and the next day next day they're with someone else let's let's really this this the, the, the total divorce is really a misnomer for for this and it carries a lot of weight that's misunderstood so I'm listening to that and I'm hearing like the, the divorce is really kind of the legal part but the Correct. the ending of the relationship like in your example of somebody who's been married for 10 years and then is dating somebody right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're married. That relationship ended a long time before the divorce. That, 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 that relationship ended on the day of their honeymoon. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean that literally. Like, I don't mean ended. The reason, the reason we can't say it ended there, what happened was this. Uh, let me introduce a little bit of what's called imago therapy to you. Imago. 
the Mago therapy, which was it's now about 30 years old by, by Harville and his wife, Harville Hendricks and his wife, I forget her first name. And what they said is beautifully presented is that each one of us matches up with someone who's going to match our shadow side of things that we don't want to deal with. And they're going to help support us in not dealing with it. And we're going to do the same thing with them. So we're making an unconscious agreement not to deal with our stuff and to play out a pattern of not dealing with our stuff. You see? Therefore, every relationship we have to see, those of us that are a little bit older, we'll see that after several relationships, we start to go, why am I, it's the same pattern again and again, again and again, and again and again. And we say, it's a different person, but I'm finding someone similar in dynamic that's because we are wanting that dynamic unconsciously to play out, not looking deeply where we are still contracted and playing out our own family of origin pattern. So that's the, that is the benefit of the, when you do, end, when the marriage ends, actually engaging in some therapeutic work, like with someone Absolutely. like yourself to say, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, that's not easy work. It's hard work, but there's a payback for that. And payback is like avoiding repeating the patterns of the past yeah. or one of the paybacks because there are, there are others. The, the, pay, the payback is so multi-layered. And at the end, the payback is going to be to help actually fulfill the deepest yearning that we have with another person is to really come into communion with them. I call that I call that the deep intimacy with another human being. But if I am still carrying all my luggage or much luggage or yeah. little less luggage from my history and, I, and I'm carrying two suitcases full of all of my unconscious crap and I come into your you know space and you have two suitcases ready and we mix those two suitcases, <laughs> it's quite smelly, right? Laundry needs well, I'm to get just done. Thinking, you know, you can't leave my, your suitcases in my hallway. <laughs> exactly. You're cluttering exactly. up my exactly. house. <laughs> You're cluttering up my house. And so then we start fighting with each other about, about the other, other person's suitcases. Invariably, we do that. We do that in order not to look at our own suitcase. You know what I'm saying? So leave me alone. My suitcase is fine. I don't want to touch. So, you know, we get into an alcoholic. You, a person decides they're going to, you know, marry an alcoholic and they're the codependent. And so what do they do? They get busy with the alcoholic. You need to stop drinking. You need to drop drink. But they never, never deal with the fact that they're codependent. Right. Why did they choose to be with that person? Of course. The alcoholic is, you know, like, leave me alone. Don't, don't bother me with my, with my drinking. And you're the codependent. It works perfectly because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna help support this. So I was going to ask about whether there was a, a good time to start on the therapeutic work from the end of the marriage, but I'm kind of hearing that maybe it, it's more blurred than that. Because I'm thinking too, like you can have somebody who is, if you know that you're, you're struggling in your marriage, then you might go to a therapist or a counselor to start talking about it. And that work itself leads you to the decision that you need to end the relationship. Look, I always say that therapy is very dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous it's, for your health. <laughs> it's very dangerous for your health. It's the best thing for your health, and it's the most dangerous thing for your health. Because let's let let let's take your analogy here, and let's run let's through let's run through your example. But okay. 
couple is married, and they one starts to recognize they're not happy. Something I'm- something's not not working. They they try they try to talk about it. They try to deal with it on their own or not. Right. So this begins the process. So here comes what's interesting. So one starts to say, "Hey, I'm recognizing something." Here comes the the next most important part. The other partner, if they say yes, I agree, let's go together to talk to someone, that couple has an amazing opportunity to explore what's going on. And as a therapist, that's just scenario one, we'll get to scenario two in one second. As a therapist, when I'm working with a couple where both are interested, and I have that, in, in, in every week I have a few couples who are just, they're really interested, they're both coming. What I say to them in the beginning of therapy is like, I don't have an interest for either one of you to stay together or not stay together. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to help both of you see the patterns that you carry that are not not working for you in your life overall. Because you're not just doing this with this person. You're doing this when you're by yourself and with others and family and coworkers in different ways. You know, we think that we're only playing out the pattern with our partner. We're playing out those patterns with everybody yeah. on different levels. So let's let's level the playing field here. Right, it's just more intense in the in the relationship because that's where you go home to every single day, right? So that couple, which is both equally invested, then they may or may not stay together at the end of that. What may happen there is they both agree and go, okay, you, you know what? I'm going to work on my stuff, and you're going to work on your stuff, and then let's see if we like each other. Look at this. So many times, what happens is one works on they work, and the other one works. They go. You know what? Based on our differences, I'm not sure if this works for me. You see, so they separate. So the point is not if they stay together. So therapy is dangerous because it can help you see that I want to say or I don't want to say after I've made the changes. That's scenario number one. All right. And I'm going to interrupt you before you get to scenario number two because we have to take Please. a short break. Listeners, you're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. Today, we're talking about divorce as the opportunity for growth that you never wanted. My guest is Alex Boijanou, and we'll be right back with more questions for Alex. Before we get back to this week's episode, I want to remind you to visit worthy.com forward slash survey and answer a few questions about the podcast in order to be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We greatly appreciate your feedback. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And today we're talking about divorce as the growth opportunity, the transformation opportunity that nobody ever wants. And my guest today is Alex Boijanou. And Alex is a dedicated, gifted therapist with over 30 years of study and practice. Alex, you have an amazing website. I wanted you to share those resources with our listeners before we go back to our conversations about transformation. Sure, sure. Uh, really simple. It's the journey to wholeness.help. And that'll okay. give you everything about me, my history, and uh, my education, and the way I look at things in therapy. So, and if people want, they can find me on YouTube as well if they'd like to hear other uh, discussions there. So let's go back to before we took the break. You were talking about when couples come to you for therapy, 
your your point is to make it clear at the very beginning that the goal isn't to keep them together. No, the and goal they, is for the goal is for for growth. For growth, and and if they like each other, if they like each other, that's one thing. They may not like each other after the growth. I don't know. I don't know why where we get this idea that like somehow like you know we're going to grow and then we're going to like each other. I, people people grow and then they realize not that I don't like you. I just we just. We don't fit together anymore. One, I'm, I'm going to give, let's say, an analogy. They both don't believe in God. And then one day, one of them says, I believe in God now. And the other one's like, I don't. And that's an issue for me. Right. And so then what happens? Some couples go, okay, I don't mind that you believe in God. It's okay. We can integrate that under the purpose. That's too much. I, I can't deal with that. And I need out. So <laughs> the acknowledgement of one's growth and change does not mean togetherness. I, I was also thinking in your example where you gave God, I'm thinking Republican and Democrats could also. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Know, right? That's another yeah. example of, of things that can, as, as people people grow, I mean, people age, they evolve, their thinking evolves. And it doesn't mean that I'm, it takes work for people to stay together. Absolutely. So go back to the other scenario where you have one person cut. I think okay. was the other scenario where you have. Well, the, other one? Sc- the other scenario is. Uh, I, I, I recognize that I, I want some change in here. And my partner says, I'm not going to therapy. Yeah. Oh, I hear that. Yes. That, one, that relationship is over. Right. So, but the person who comes to therapy might not be ready to that's see a, that's, that's, that it's that's, over. They're going to, they're gonna, and I have that every week as well. I have a couple of people, you know, who I'm seeing every week where they have decided due to different circumstances. I'm going to be very honest. They have a child. They have a business together. They have family obligations. I mean, you know, we can talk about all the various reasons why somebody may stay, even though for them the relationship is no longer working. Do you, don't you think that sometimes it's, they might know that the relationship's not working, but it's a question of timing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So all those, all those different circumstances, they know it's a matter of time. And, and, and in those couples, I have always, almost always have seen they leave at some point. Right. But it's finding, for them, it's finding the, when the yeah. right time, yeah. whether that's financial or whether that's from parenting that's right. or whether right. it's emotional, kind of getting to the point where, yeah. I and that's, not, and that's not up to me. I don't have an agenda there. They're just looking for the support, you know, of that, of that process. Of, and so what do I do with a person like that is, I just keep supporting them in listening deeply to themselves. That's, right. That's all I can do. So let's talk about what happens when someone doesn't do this work. We talked about sort of the, the payback. There's a potential payback for doing it. But what if you don't? For the person who says, I'm not going to therapy. They just, they're just going to keep meeting Jane or Bobby over and over again. I'm the, sorry for anybody named person. Jane or Bobby. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't take offense, Jane or Bobby. Don't take offense. It's just uh, a metaphor. You're, you're saying that that's where we repeat our relationship yes. patterns. Yes. So it hurts our future relationships. Yeah, um, we just, we, and, and the, reason, the reason that a person may not want to do that, I mean, you know, again, there's many reasons. That, I mean, we're coming to a historical time where, where therapy is becoming much more in, in, in the modern, in, in vogue, right? So 
you know, you yeah, I heard on the news that the, they want to make some change to health insurance plans to cover more therapy. So, yeah. yeah. And when we were growing up, like my age and my parents and the people before that, you know, therapy was like, whoa, like, you know, I think I was, I was raised in that generation where therapy was starting to roll into, yeah, this is healthy. It's, it's good to go talk. Talk to someone. Yeah, and right? I was raised in England, so Americans did therapy, and the British did oh, not do therapy. I, I got that. I got that. And I and I and I live like I, I live in Europe part of the year in American, and I can see how in Europe they're about 20, 30 years, you know, behind on that scene. Okay. So then, so, in other parts of the world, this discussion doesn't even exist in terms of being a counselor for for marriage, and people stay together due to cultural religious reasons, it doesn't matter what it is. I just hope people are aware of that as right. we have this discussion. So I was thinking one, one situation of not doing this self-work is you're angry and you're upset with your ex and you stay angry and upset. Yeah. That's that that usually implies a lack a lack of really taking responsibility for how how we ended up there. Right. But that impacts, um, if you're, if you're co-parenting, that's going to have a huge impact on your children. You know, this, this gets to a very big topic. And a lot of people ask about this. Like people ask me, you know, is it better to stay married for the child or not to stay married for the child to get divorced or not? Right. It's a big topic. So it's nuanced. I will, again, I'm not going to answer it in black or white. But I will, I will give it a framework if you don't mind. Yeah. The framework for me is, is the following. The, the e- energy that's inside the home, the energy, is going to impact that child and they will remember that for the rest of their life. So the energy of the, of the household directly impacts the child's mental health and psychological well-being and spiritual well-being. So if both parents are together and they're creating chaos, it's not good for the child. If there's one parent that's healthy and the other one's not, that's not going to work either because that child's going to be around the other parent just as well. For me, for me personally, I would say it's better to be a, a single parent and have a healthy household than having to fight for having a healthy household all the time. The damage, the damage is much more, much more for later on. You know, so the, so the divorce, right? Like the separation of the two yeah. parents, let's, let's say. Because the child eventually is going to choose which parent they want to go to and be with and spend time with. And the parent who they're finding a lack of connection or not healthy, they're going to slowly start to fade away from wanting to go see that parent. Right. The child has a natural inclination of not wanting to have to, to, deal, to deal with that. You understand? Right. So that's like, so in terms of like, I mean, unfortunately, we do have this, this time period where people have to co-parent together and the children are moving between two homes. Yes. Yes. And, you know, if you're not doing this self-work, then you can get stuck being uh, angry uh, and victim. Yeah. And that will, your child will see that. Your child will sense that. Yes. And, and so that's why there are so many co-parenting groups people who specialize in co-parenting therapy. There's a lot of support in, 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 in that world. And But remember something, that means there still has to be a willingness on both parents to go co-parent. 
Yeah. So usually, usually if I see a resistance to co-therapy for coupling, I see a resistance to co-parenting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, then you get into the whole legal system and having to fight to go into therapy. It's, it's a mess. Yes. And Alex, we're almost out of time. Okay. On that note, it's a mess. <laughs> Do you have any yeah. final words of wisdom for our listeners about yeah. based on based on based on that? I'm going to say, choose wisely. Oh yes, <laughs> choose wisely. If you're listening to this podcast, it probably means that you, you've been married and you're facing experiencing divorce now. So I think what Alex says is make sure you choose wisely next time. Well, um, choose wisely next time and make sure that you understand why you chose the way you chose to begin with. With no judgment. I say that, yeah. you know, I'm divorced, I'm divorced myself. So I, I, I have to do the same process, right? So I have to evaluate that as well, right? Right. So what relationship was I in? What did I bring to it? Who am I? What were my perceptions? What were my projections? What were my expectations of my partner? Do you know what I mean? Why did it work? Why didn't it work? You know, like intelligent and intelligent investi- in investigation into that into that process. Right, right. It's really good to do that. Great. Well, thank you so much for those words of wisdom. And thank um, you. We will make sure that we put your website in the show notes so our listeners can come back to you. And um, thank you again. Thank you so much. Listeners, my guest today was Alex Boisgenou. Alex is a dedicated and gifted therapist. As you heard, he's th- he has 30 years of study and practice. He's trained in EMDR, which he uses to help people process and resolve trauma. You can visit his website at journeytohome.health, and we'll put that link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. Please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned.